Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. <sighs> Benny, Ju- June, June. I know, we're wrapping June. it up though, and the kids have one week of school left already too. Man, do they? But yes, yeah, goes by fast. Yeah. People are getting edgy. They're all getting out of the, out of out of the house. Yes, and mm-hmm. I think it's time. We need to take a nice deep breath and move forward. Come on, let's let's do something, shall we? Yeah, because we're <laughs> yeah. going to connect. Get out of the house. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I'm right. removing the doors from my house. Actually, just out. <laughs> Get out. Barge right out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. I have a wonderful guest coming up. I'm going to do a couple of uh, just quick, quick announcements, a, a little sky check in and and bring him on because um, I'm just already going to tell you my guest, Alan Steinfeld, I'll introduce him properly in a moment. But he is such a wealth of information that I have so many questions. My heart is open. My consciousness is eager. So if you guys like, you know, the ideas of UFOs and 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 making contact and <clears throat> disclosure hang around. So I am the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last huh, 27 years. I've been out there doing the work and uh, doing what I can to wake you all up and help you connect with who you truly be and help you bring your gifts to the planet. That's what we want. I have some things going on over at Reiki Oasis and you can sign up for that stuff at schedule.reikioasis.com. Uh, every Sunday morning at 11, I do a little meditation. If you cannot be there in person, sign up. I'll send you a recording. And I have my wonderful Temple of the Divine Feminine, my monthly class with women. This Saturday, we're going to do all things magical and wonderful. We're going to tap into the summer solstice. And um, whew, I don't know. There's just so much going on. So hang on, because I'm going to just throw this astrology report at you so quickly so I can get to the meat of my show. So June is a very full month. This past Monday, June 14th, we had the second Saturn-Uranus conjunction, and that is the overriding energy of this year. Saturn is a planet of structure, of karma, of what you have to do. And Uranus says, break free, break free, let's do freedom. So those two energies are knocking up against each other, and they're trying to shake us loose. What is it that we've been doing forever that just doesn't work for us? And how could we do things in a different way? And that's really the overriding idea of this year. This coming weekend is power packed. It is Father's Day on Sunday. And but we also have, you know, the summer solstice is on Sunday. And for those of you who uh, pay attention to these things, uh, we are affected by these energies. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year. And it is over. It's kind of the power of the sun. And there's a transitional phase there that quite often opens the energy for ceremonies or diving deep or things like that. So many people will be celebrating the summer solstice and ushering in the energies of abundance, prosperity, growth. And it's always a good time to take a look at. Somebody said to me the other day, I just want the summer of fun, Loretta, just the summer of fun, especially after this long, hard year. And um, I think fun is purposeful and important to us. And then always remember we are headed towards something and you can be a conscious part of that. Sunday also changes from the season of Gemini into the season of Cancer. 
And this year's cancer season is beginning with Venus aligning in a trine with Neptune. And it's going to send waves of harmony through the cosmic skies. This is a powerful combination of energies making this time period one that could bring turning points, deeper realizations, and increased waves of joy. And don't we just need that? And it will help beautify everything that's happening because Venus, the planet of love, is making a very rare harmonious alignment with Mars, the planet of war. Huh? Love and war in harmony? I don't know. Sounds like it's heated up. So it will be harmonious. It's going to help us bring those balancing energies together. And also on Sunday, Jupiter goes retrograde, joining Mercury, Saturn, and Pluto. And this is going to slow the energies down a little bit. And when Jupiter is retrograde, when the, he's in this, the big massive planet of expansion is kind of holding in the sky, he's putting our beliefs, our ideas, and our thoughts that we thought we knew under the spotlight and he says mm, look again maybe things aren't exactly as you thought and so jupiter retrograde again is another energy trying to shake up you shake you up on your views and jupiter will be retrograde until october so mm. it might take that long for you to get all the information and you know everybody's talking about we're headed through summer but look at the fall just look at the fall there's something coming on June 22nd, which is Tuesday, Mercury finally goes direct after being retrograde most of the month. And I always tell people, don't be afraid of Mercury retrograde. Mercury's planet of communication. It's about the throat chakra. And it will help us go back and revisit where perhaps we need to re-communicate or communicate in a different way. So we've been working on that all month. It will go direct on the 22nd, but just a little uh, FYI. It kind of hangs in the sky and it's going to take all the way till July 7th for that forward moving energy of communication to really go. So we're going to be kind of stuck there having some interesting conversations between June 22nd and July 7th, another potent time of change. Thursday, we've got a super full moon in Capricorn. It's a pink moon. Mm. It's not an eclipse, but it's super busy. There's so many different energies swimming around at this time, giving this full moon a bit of a wild card energy. Anything could happen. So make sure you're focused. Once again, we are creating this and we are an active participant. I, I invite you to jump in. What would you like the wild card to do for you? <laughs> I always love it when I'm playing and the wild card comes up and I'm like, yes, right? Because it kind of transcends the, the limitations. I want you to know, though, that you, it's in Capricorn. So ground your energy and Capricorn will help that wild card come right down in a very constructive way. And uh, be aware that you might feel a little scattered. So take your shoes off, go stand on the earth, run around on it. And um Come on down in, you know, not a time to be too flighty. Let's, let's bring it down. And on Friday, June 25th, Neptune goes retrograde. And so Mercury's coming out of retrograde. Neptune goes in. There'll be four planets, Neptune, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter retrograde. And 
Neptune retrograde exposes secrets and truths, and it helps us make sense of the difference between fact and fiction. Now, I got to tell you, I did not purposely align that astrology report with my guest today, but this couldn't be more on, on track, and it kind of throws me off. So, like I said, my guest today is the amazing Alan Steinfeld, and he just literally, if I could take the whole show to tell you his bio, I'll try to condense. He has hosted and produced the weekly television series, New Realities, for over 30 years. He has over 70,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel, and I hope right now you're going to go subscribe to it and bring those numbers up. He has had over 20 million viewers see his programs. He has interviewed many luminaries in the fields of health, spirituality, and UFOs. And through lectures and conferences, Alan informs millions about human potential, remote viewing, and the nature of alien contact, one of my favorite subjects. He is the MC for Contact in the Desert, the largest UFO event in the country. And today we're going to be discussing his new book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. And there's his book. Just get it. Do it. Don't mess around. Just click, click, and there you are. Right? Welcome to the show, Alan. Well, it's great to see you and hear you. And, and you know, everything you were saying about the astrology fits exactly into this disclosure moment we are approaching. Yes. And, and the kind of hesitation on the inside of the government that Saturn, Uranus um, is in opposition, conjunction, right? That kind of- They're, they're in opposition. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you're getting those two stresses of let's keep it secret and structured and let's just open it up Uranian style and and just let it all flow out. And I think that's the this kind of contradiction within some of the reports we're seeing coming out of the New York Times and media. Oh, it's alien technology. We saw the June 3rd article in the New York Times. The headline says uh, intelligence don't think this is alien technology. And then a couple of paragraphs down, it says, well, maybe it is alien technology, what they're calling UFOs, UAPs. So they're saying two different things. And I think because they don't know, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they don't know, or, or they won't say. I wanted to um, put one little thing out here because this also is a timing thing. Mm -hmm. Like I was looking at, okay, what's happening the 25th? Right. right when when neptune goes retrograde and this whole thing starts to like the veil is really being lifted right. and uh, i'm just going to say this to the listening audience uh when president donald trump signed the 2.3 trillion dollar coronavirus relief and government funding bill into law in december a 180 day countdown for u.s intelligence agencies to tell congress what they know about UFOs began. And we are approaching the 180-day mark, which is, ta-da, June 25th. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is right at, at the end of all this. And then also, I believe, Contact in the Desert is the 25th. Through the it is. Contact in the Desert starts the 25th with, I think it's over 60 different presenters talking about this very topic and their contact experience and the history of contact. I think it was around June 25th, 1947, that Kenneth Arnold 
first saw UFOs over Mount Rainier, right outside of Seattle right. there. Right. I think it was the 24th, actually. But, you know, it's another cycle, this 74-year cycle coming back around with revelation. So we are in for some interesting times and maybe the truth that we've always thought was real, that was true, you know, that we always knew there's life out there will be known. I mean, why is that such a big secret? I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've wondered about it forever. And, um, you know, as a little girl, one of my favorite things was lying in the yard with my dad and looking at the sky. Mm. And we always saw things moving around, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, one of my first sightings was on Bashan Island out there in Seattle area. So it's like, wow, there was stuff moving in the sky. And then I went camping up north in, in the Washington area. And I had this dream, I was out of my body. And as I came back in, as I stood up, there was a star falling at the same, in this like continuous motion as if, you know, my movements were connected to something else. And it, it just, everything started to kind of come together as my fascination with what's out there became became a reality as I started to have more dreams. So this book that I wrote is not just my story. It's a, thank you, thank you, Loretta. It's a collection <laughs> of the best in the business, the best researchers that I have found and met and personally interacted with people like Linda Moulton Howe. Do you, yes, you, <laughs> you've read I the do, book. I do know, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of Linda Moulton Howe. I've never interviewed her but yes very familiar with her work very very intense hardcore researcher she is at it all the time also jj and desiree hertog who combine the extra dimensional elements and technology together whitley streber who's given us the face of the alien i mean that his book communion started to tune people in what these creatures, if that's what they are, really look like with the big eyes, small nose. The cover of Communion actually activated a lot of people to their dreamlike contact experiences. Because I think it does happen for me in these altered states, in these dreamlike states, because these beings come in and out of our reality, but they're not really here of the earth there they come but they're living in a slightly different vibrational frequency if you know what i mean i do and and thank you for that i was mentioning to you before the show that i've had experiences since i was a little child with um you know at, at, at the time as a child i just called them my friends right yeah. and yeah. my mother would say honey we don't talk about our imaginary friends with people Right. Mm -hmm. And I would be thinking, are they imagine? Am I imagining them? Because right. I can see them. Right. <laughs> right. What do I do with that? And I bring that up because I think possibly a lot of people have that. And I also because we're we're already touching on it. Like, what is fact and what is fiction? Right. Well, this is why so many people in the, within the UFO industry or or research is, are pushing the government to come out and say it because people don't think it's real until someone in government, the president or the news says, yes, it's okay to believe that it's okay to have these visions. So that's the problem with what's real. We've been programmed to think what's real and we doubted our own 
experience. So, you know, psychology has done us a great service in understanding itself, but it's done us a great disservice in distrusting our own mind if they don't say this is official, you know, this, this is reality. So we, as people who have had experience, have, have to push the movement forward and say, yes, I know what I saw. This is real to me. So it becomes more subjective, our view of reality. We have to disconnect from those official channels that say, no, it's not real unless we say it's real and trust our own experience. This is the kind of shift and paradigm thinking we need to have. What's re- I do not doubt your experience. So I can't tell you your, your, what happened to you was not real and no one can tell you it's not real because it is real for you. So we need a greater context to our worldview. And, and this is really what the media is doing. They're tr- the media is suddenly coming out and say, what, the government has lied to us? You mean they've been here all the time? And people are shocked. I mean, you look at Fox, CNN, NBC, you know, they have these reports ongoing where they are themselves are trying to say, really? Is this really going on? Uh, 60 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. The first question Bill Whitaker asked Luis Elizondo, who's the guy leading the program, who de- sort of left the Pentagon when he started researching the phenomena in 2007. This was what broke the story open in, on December 16th. 2017 was that there was a secret government program for $22 million sponsored by Harry Reid of Nevada, Senate Majority Leader, to study UFOs or what they're now calling UAPs. And I'll talk about the difference between UFOs and UAPs. But Luis Elizondo was put in charge and he was just a basic intelligence guy and went through these reports about these craft and looked at this footage that you know, the government had, he said, what, this is real. And he really started the ball rolling down the hill, snowball rolling down the hill, gaining momentum. He eventually left the Pentagon, was part of a private industry organization called To The Stars. And that sort of seems to have fallen apart, but he became center stage as the guy who's saying, well, they don't look like they're from Russia. These this technology, what they're calling, did you see the Tic Tac video, what they're calling this shape of where the pilot saw this object and it was probably more than one, but it would go down to the surface and shoot up to the sky at what, 80, 80 million miles a second, 80,000 miles a second or something. Right, just just, shooting. And Alessandro says, look, it's definitely doesn't seem to be ours. It's not the Russians, it's not the Chinese. And they ask, well, what are they? And he has refused to say they're alien, but he has said they're not from any country we know. That's a very, that's a very, like you're saying this, opposition of Uranus and Saturn. Let's come out with the truth, but and no, no, no. It's like this, this kind of conflict why can't, if they're not from any country we know, wouldn't you want to say it's alien? What is wrong with just saying we have company? You know, guess what? You know, clean up the house, clean up the planet. Let's let's welcome the company because I do not think they're a threat. 
That's a, that's a powerful statement right there. You, you have so much in what you just said there. Um, I was thinking to myself, yeah, why are, why are, why is it taking so long to simply say we have visitors, you know, like, why is this taking so long? What, what would you well, say I'll about tell that? You, when you lie about something. So from 47, 1947, the crash at Roswell, the front page of that Roswell paper says, yes, crash flying saucer. The next day they're immediately covering the story and said, no, no, no. It's just a weather balloon. So when you tell a lie, for whatever reason, and then you keep telling that lie and the Air Force says, not only does the Air Force say, no, there's nothing out there, it's all weather balloons. I mean, how many weather balloons are there? Um, and then you, you know, anyone- And there's big ones, obviously. How do you undo that lie? I mean, you just can't come out and say, yeah, it really is. It's it. I guess it's saving face or something. Like I know if I've told like just a little, it's like you get yourself in so much trouble. It's like, it's embarrassing to say, no, 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 we, we were lying. So, I mean, but the government is working for us there. I mean, supposedly. So we need, and there's a lot of other stuff involved. Well, did Eisenhower, this is sort of an inside thing. Did Eisenhower make a contract with the aliens to get technology for abducting people? I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of going around. That's been going around for years in kind of the UFO circles. But something's going on that that we have not been told about. The Air Force would actually ridicule people. There was actually a program to ridicule people coming out with the idea that there are these ships in the sky. I think Donald Kehoe in 1950s was one of the first people to come out and, and be ridiculed for this to be. And so, you know, there's a whole history of, of leaking a little bit, taking it back. I mean, there's a 1950 quote by Truman after the, these uh, ships kind of went over the Capitol. And he says, I can assure you if flying saucers exist, it's there. They are not from this planet. So, you know, they give us a little bit, they take it back. And maybe in my chapter, in my second chapter of the book by Grant Cameron, he says, this is exactly what the phenomena itself is doing. They appear, they disappear. Did you see something? Did you not? So I think there's this slow, you know, familiarity with the phenomena. So we're not all freaked out at once. So they don't. And so we can start to assimilate. I think maybe, who knows, that might be the strategy of what these beings visiting us are doing. They just don't want to show up in mass, although there are, are a lot more sightings than ever now, because I think what you're getting at also in your astrology is that the vibration of the planet is changing. Yes. To a higher frequency. Absolutely. And, you know, we have the ESETI branch here, you know, the enlightened contact with extraterrestrial intelligence, you know, and Jim Gillett or uh, 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 Gilliland, right? Yeah. And he, he posted, um, oh gosh, it was a couple of weeks ago, one of the most amazing uh, videos of a very big starship mm. moving across the sky. And then he, he clipped it together with uh, uh, other places in the world that had filmed the same, wow. uh, the same thing. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, you're watching this and it's, kind of undeniable what you're seeing 
So, yeah, there's that. It's all undeniable if you just look a little deeply into the reports on, you know, there's something called a black vault, um, John Griswold. I mean, there's so much that's undeniable. You know, the most looked at document on the FBI website is called the Guy Huddle Memo, May 22nd, 1950, where they talk about crashed ship in New Mexico, three crashed ships with little bodies in them. And the, I saw a report in the FBI was complaining, saying, why is that the most looked at memo on our website? We've arrested all these dangerous criminals. Why aren't people looking at that? But no, the Guy Huddle memo, May 22nd, is, is, is another confirmation that this is not a new phenomenon. What is new is that we're talking about this publicly. And I wrote this book so we can start to have a public conversation among us in the media, among, yes, makes, and it is about making contact, but we have to also realize we have to reach out as whatever's out there reaching down. It's, it's an inside job making contact. We have to change how we think what we, yes. Um, I love what you say. We're going to take a little station break um, in, in a moment, but I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, I made a comment. I, I always pay attention to everything in the show, somehow it connects itself. You know, there's some higher power guiding it. But I was thinking about, you know, like I'm going to take the doors off my house. But we know that we are here with what we call free will choice. We'll talk more about that in consciousness after the break. But I, I do believe we, we need to invite. Like if there's someone knocking on your door, you actually, <laughs> you know, unless they're just going to, barge in and beat your door down, you kind of have to decide whether you're going to open the door to that. So, um, right. and especially but, if you're taking your doors off, then, <laughs> then you don't have a choice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, Betty, let's go ahead and take a little station break. And this is Loretta Brown and my guest today, Alan Steinfeld, his amazing book, really just get it and read it. It doesn't matter if you believe it or don't believe it. I think reading the book is going to change you and uh, making contact uh, preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. We are the physicians, the nurses, the hospital and health system leaders. All we ask of you is to take three simple steps proven to stop the spread of COVID. Wear a cloth face mask, maintain social distance, and wash your hands. Scientific evidence must shape our decisions, dictate our actions, and protect our health. We are not powerless. Together, we will defeat COVID. This has been a message from the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and the American Nurses Association. 
It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. That is great, Benny. Thanks for that. Perfect. Light coming down out of the sky. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. There's other Loretta Browns, but hey, tune into this one. And uh, my great guest today is Alan Steinfeld, his book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial existence we have so much to talk about during the break alan was sort of laying out for the listeners on youtube that his book is progressive from exterior to interior and by the way i just want to say i experienced that myself because i started and of course this is one of my favorite subjects and i was already in but it sucked me deeper and deeper and deeper and uh really really good so how did you uh, select the people that you put in here because they're amazing people yeah, these are really the top researchers in our field. And, you know, I, I, I had an experience. And when I had this experience, I wanted to know everything about what's going on. I mean, I had these dreams. I had this mark on my leg. I had these vague memories. So I met Bud Hopkins, who's really the godfather of UFO abduction research. And he's no longer with us. But I would start to go to these conferences all over the country and get as many books and and meet the people I valued the most, people whose research really was in depth. It wasn't just like, you know, oh yeah, there's stuff out there, but they would like people like Linda Moulton Howe, every week she is going into another phase of where are these beings coming from and are there archeological evidence left here? Also the work of JJ and Desiree Hertog, they are real scientists that go into, they may be the technology of teleportation and warp speed and, and do we have access to that and how, how far out is that? And maybe Gene Roddenberry in Star Trek were yes. actually tuned in to, to something beyond this world and was preparing us in a way for the time that has now arrived. So how did I select the people? Because I, I looked at all these people out there in the field and wanted the best. I wanted the people who took it the most serious. I mean, everyone does, but also had different variations on the topic. Like there's 11 essays, but they cover maybe some of the ter same territory, but they look at it from a different perspective. Right. And the reason I did this was to create a tapestry. You know, a tapestry, like when you stand back, you can see it, but when you're up close, you're getting different parts because no one has the whole truth. There, these, There's too many moving pieces at this moment and it's all, the whole puzzle is not laid out. So we have to put the pieces we have together and see what does this look like? And we also have to change the way we think about reality. That's really key. John Mack, in his essay, I quote him, and he says, if we're really going to understand this, we need other ways of knowing. We need to not look at this with our linear, mechanistic left brain. 
And in his second book, Passport to the Cosmos, he talks to the indigenous people and says, well, maybe they are actually not what we thought primitive thinking, but maybe they're actually more advanced because they're using this right side of their brain, this intuitive creative side, along with the intelligent side. So because we're here to be whole brain beings, whole brain creatures, and these indigenous ways are these other forms of knowing that might be closer to the truth than just a linear left brain mechanistic reality. You know, I think Werner Erhardt says your your left brain only doesn't know anything. It just thinks it does. So <laughs> that's a great comment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I just and- want to say one more thing. It's not do people ask, do you believe in UFOs? It's this is not about belief. Are they or aren't they? What are the facts? Let's put it all out there and discuss it. Yeah, I wanted to make a comment, you know, I've traveled the world a lot and I've gone to Egypt and all these sacred sites and there's always this ancient, you know, I could say ancient alien thing, but there's there's something there, there's 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 tools and things that have been discovered that are very very old and and it's it's technology, right? It's things that are here, remnants. Right. Well, just look at the great pyramid, they can't even rebuild that now with all the great technology. So yeah. Maybe that was a help by aliens. I mean, I think it probably was. Some yeah. people said the outer casing stones of the Great Pyramid were white, alabaster, and there was a writing inside that that white casing stone. So yeah. uh, an ancient writing, an alien writing. So there's lots of mysteries, and why aren't we talking about it? So I want you to um, tell us what is the difference between UFO and UAP, because this is really, I think, important. It's very important. It's not just a rebranding technique by the government because UFOs have gotten a bad rap. Because, But UFOs, unidentified flying object, and now in the recent government reports, they said, no, we were calling them unexplained aerial phenomena. So what's really the difference between those two terms? We go from object to phenomena. That's really the difference because these are more than craft in the sky. There are paranormal elements. When you see a UFO or something in the sky, I mean, when you see a UFO, if you call it unidentified, you think you've identified it, you're really calling it nothing. But a phenomena includes a much wider range of experience. And in some of these documents, they talk about cognitive distortions, time, space, warping. Um, There's synchronicities that happen. There's also on the other side, um, cognitive dissonance. There's an effect on consciousness that makes these things more than just flying objects. These are phenomena that That's really what's, if this was just objects, I think the government would say, yeah, there's, but they don't know how to explain this interface. And this is also in the documents from Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, the government program saying there is a effect on human interfacing with these objects. So we don't understand what that means. We don't understand how that happens, but there's, definitely effect on consciousness and sometimes as an entanglement you see a ufo or object in the sky or this see this phenomenon it changes everything you know about reality and that's because our mind is expanding but it might be about what they're transmitting 
in these interchanges. There's a lot to this that we don't understand and we're keeping it so suppressed that we're there, whoever's in charge here doesn't want us to understand it. I mean, we have to get to the bottom of this, really. Um, I love the fact that your essays bring some of these out. And like you say, I, I think of it like, okay, it's the elephant in the room and everybody's describing it from their point of view. And like you say, you've got to kind of search through this and create this tapestry because I think the knowingness is inside us. And I might be jumping too far ahead, no, you know, no. but um, in, in your book, there's a, a, a chapter, an essay that talks about DNA and this idea that uh, maybe even our brains are connected to the earth grid in some way. And for those listeners, I just jumped into hyperspace. I apologize. No, it's okay. I love that. I uh, That's where I am, right? And can you talk just a little bit about that and what that could mean for us as an evolving uh, consciousness humanity? Well, I think you're talking about the Carolyn Corey chapter, where she says there's been a grid around this planet that sort of been distorted by other forces that kept us kept us locked in a certain level of a, a lower level of consciousness where we've been run by our addictions and our dramas and our you know um small mindedness in a sense and what you're saying and i think you've opened Vic victim, up victimhood i call it yes that's yeah. been the major um that's been the major theme on planet earth since for 5,000 years. So that's because the grid has been distorted. Now what she says is that there's been a realignment of this earth grid, this solar grid, this galactic grid, which corresponds to our brainwave thinking so we can be more expanded now. And people who've come in with knowingness or, or like you and maybe some of your listeners were born with this access to this higher, mm, this higher thought realities that have aligned us to the greater cosmos. You know, the cosmos is not out there. It's here. We're a part of, of a life that is not an anomaly here on earth. There's life throughout the universe and we're a part of this greater intelligence. That's really what this connection to the galactic grid is all about. As we open up to the fact that there are points of activation and that the mind can start to access new thought. This is why people are calling downloads. They get yes. downloads because it's coming right through the crown chakra because we are now more aligned and more people are having experiences because something has shifted, I think, probably since World War II and the 50s and 60s, the revolution and culture in the 60s and music. And all these elements have started to open our minds to, to new realities. That's just what I call my show and my YouTube channel, new realities, which means the ability to think outside the box. Every moment we're here to discover the unknown. Let's push the envelope of what we can know and, and create a different story for humanity, not one of victimhood or tragedy or atrocities or holocausts or wars. I mean, that's been an old story. I think we can change that. I think we can come into a new time where, where we can start to, what I call, get to just 
a level playing field to live in abundance and live in the creative vitality of why we incarnated in the first place. And that is to be creators. We're here like you, this is your art farm. We're all here to be artists of creation. That is why we came in. So whether there's UFOs or not, how does that activate us to our human potential and our interchange with a greater ecology of mind, a greater cosmology? Well, there's such a, 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 a stair step, I would say, from where, you know, because I know my listeners, some of them are really on board and some of the people are like, I don't know about this. Am I right. ever going to listen to this talking about, crazy right? woo-woo yeah. woman again, right? But there's a, there's, your book really does this in such a great way, like you said, a progression. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so now let's talk about, are they there? You know, what's going on with that? And then let's talk about the people that have come in contact with them, even if you see a moving light in the sky or you read a book about it or watch a movie about it um quite often people are changed right like you say they're like i don't know what's going on and i've had people tell me this like loretta i don't know what's going on i don't really do this and i i saw this thing and and i just start vibrating you know i felt like i was having telepathic communication and did i just go crazy so No, I'm just saying this is the new paradigm we're looking at, the vibration, that we are more energy beings than solid, physical, dense beings. You know, we we can feel energy more. It's, you know, I just interviewed this guy, Sergio Magana, who says we're going, do you know Sergio? Yeah, I know his name. Yes, he talks about the time of the sixth sun, the, that we're moving into a new solar pattern after 2000 years. And this is the sixth sun, which is the Nagual sun, which is a sun of energy, a sun of sensing, not the sun of concrete reality. So we're here to feel more. So when you start to feel energy, something is awakening a different a different sensitivity that is natural to the human being that's we've been dumbed down but if you've kept your creative juices alive you realize there's more and that we're here to bring in more and and be the human beings we were created to be which is one of peace and love joy and really putting more out to the unknown when we're creators we are making known the unknown, which was a saying of one of my teachers outside of Seattle. You know, I, I went to the Ramtha school for a while out oh, there. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. In Yelm. And yeah. That, that was the subtext of uh, the teachings there. We're here to make known the unknown, which means we're here to add to creation, not to have the same old dramas, the same old story. There's something new that every moment we are on the edge of. And I think the UFO, UAP, the ET story is probably the most exciting thing that's happened to civilization in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Um, There's so much here. Um, You have essays about hybrids. Mm -hmm. Can you talk just a moment? What are hybrids? Because a lot of people bring that up. A lot of people bring it up if they, I mean, I just also want to say the essays talk to everyone at their own level. You know, some people could only read the fact that, yeah, maybe there's ships. Other people say, yeah, maybe I'm a hybrid. So these one version of story, the hybrids, these little gray beings that many people claim to be 
be here had reached the end of their evolutionary cycle. They, they became pure intellect and they lost the passion. And they realized that human beings have one thing going for them, which is passion and emotion. And they started to integrate or breed or genetically splice some of the best of humans with some, their great intelligence to form this other species, which is why I think the abductions were happening. And, you know, there's many hundreds of thousands of people who claim this, this story about their lives. I mean, Bud Hopkins used to say, either these people are all hallucinating, which seems unlikely, or maybe there's a story that we have to integrate that is just below the conscious level. And so the hybrids were these beings that have been created supposedly as a mixture of races, not to invade here, but to evolve the gray alien race, which was sort of dying out, and to increase who we are every time. So they usually follow generations of people in order to fine tune the genetic makeup. So mm. each, like, I think it started with my grandmother and my mother and then me and each, each generation is fine tuned a little bit more. So our genetic makeup can integrate with these alien genetic makeups and create this other species. Other people say we are actually hybrids ourselves 200,000 or so years ago or maybe more, maybe 7 million years ago, the pr evolving primates were upgraded by perhaps the Anunnaki. And so, and 200,000 years ago, there was another upgrade in our genetic structure, which started us to develop more language skills, to create writing, to create art, to build great monuments. So we actually might be the hybrids here, meet the hybrids, you know, so, um, there's so much that we need science and academia and people of interest to say there's more to the human story than we've been told. And it's a great story and it's a great mystery. And why can't we know this? We can't know it because the government and has, has created this awful secrecy and then have, have ridiculed people for coming out and just speculating on the possibility. Well, all that's changing. That's the end, or that's what's marked this Uranus-Saturn opposition. And I think the slowing it down with Jupiter will make us be able to look at it in more detail with a greater intelligence. And I think exactly your astrology report is so on track with yeah what we're coming into and uranus i think is the planet of the of what they've been labeling the ufo phenomena as yes, that comes it is, it is. Mm -hmm. in what way can you talk about that just a little bit well uranus is sort of like i said it's it's freedom and uh, neptune is like unexpected things right so there's this energy of how do i say this Uranus is coming into the Saturn energy, which is our structure. It's been here. It's like, right. okay, let's look at the yugas, the great epic you right. know, yugas of time. We have been in, as they say, the Kali Yuga, which is very much ruled by this dark Saturn energy. And Uranus is coming in and, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. Guess what? UFOs are flying in. Guess what? Downloads are happening. Guess what? P people's brains are prickling and they're waking up going, what's happening? Right. right? And, and that's the energy of that. It comes in and says, no, 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 no. It's time to come out of the box. It's time to look up, look up into the sky, what is there. 
Right. And, and so that's my uh, mutated astrology. No, I know. I like that. And the fact is that I think our consciousness is not of the earth. I think we are actually aliens in a sense that are not necessarily native to this planet, but our awareness, this thing, this software we're walking around with inside the hardware is from somewhere else, maybe beyond time and space. It, what, it's what makes us different than all the animals here. You know, we do things different. I mean, so perhaps we are not even of the earth, but have been implanted or at least into these animal bodies to do something different than these other creatures. I actually have a very clear memory of being in my baby body. This is great. Uh-huh. And and being very confused because I wanted I was trying to talk and I wanted to get up and walk around and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. What where was I? Right. Right. And that brings me to the essay about star seeds. Yes. And please, you know, because so- it's right in line with what we're where we're at right now in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, star seeds. Mary Rodwell writes this essay where she goes around the world and talks to young children about their memories of coming from other places and their messages for the planet. A lot of them are saying, at five, three, four, five years old, is that we have to clean up our planet. This is, this is, I mean, where do they even get that idea from at three years old? But she mm-hmm. she's recorded these all around the world and she also says maybe some of the learning disabilities the autism the the adhd is perhaps because these children's brain frequencies are set to a different vibration because of the planets and the star systems they came from so there's this new influx of intelligence coming here so i think instead of labeling it we have to kind of deal with it and open ourselves up to the fact that we all do not think the same way. And that's true, especially when you meet these alien, when they're in your vicinity, this has been my experience, when they're actually show up in your room, the frequency of their consciousness distorts our field of perception. It's like it alters us. So I think the more lucid we can be, in altered states, in your dream states, the easier contact will be made. The more aware we'll be. You know what I mean by that? Yes, I do. Um, and also because there's a, there's a, you know, I'm, I'm uh, sensing my listeners, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of questions out there, which oh, yeah. like, I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah. You know, get the book, making contact. But this idea that of downloads or people channeling um, extraterrestrials like, you know, Daryl Anka and, you know, uh, uh, so more and more people have been stepping forward and saying to me, uh, I want to do that. Or I think some, a woman the other day said, I think I was told that I'm going to start doing that within the year. I don't do that. Right. I think the more people that do this, the more open will realize that um, the more open society will be, the more open we'll be as intelligent beings. I mean, our consciousness is non-local. I have proved this when I teach remote viewing classes. I yeah, get yeah. people who don't know anything about this. I say, okay, I'm, I'm looking at a target, a picture, or there's one in this envelope. I'd say 90% of the people can tune into some aspect of this non-local 
target that I am presenting. So we have this facility in our brains, which is not being generated by the brain. I say it's like a radio. The, the announcer's not in the radio. If you open the radio, but we're getting the signal. So we are getting a signal. So we can just fine tune our signals and pick up other frequencies. Yeah, fine tune our signals. I love that. Um, well, I, for years, have been helping people, as I say, shovel out old emotional content, you know, to, to right. clear the pathways, right? And to make the mind flexible so that we don't run into that cognitive dissonance that just jams us up, you know, puts us in. The mind is a great receiver. We are receiving. If we just get out of the way with all that dissonance and open up and receive, we're all getting creative inspiration every moment. We're all receiving messages from these higher beings that are just knocking on our door. So yes, making contact is like, that's the point of contact. <laughs> yes, we're making contact. Really, each one of us, this is, this is a book just to show people that it's happening for all of us every moment. So Alan, why do I want to push that button? Like, Right. Come on now. <laughs> asterisk. I put that little oh. asterisk between making and contact because that is the point of contact. That, oh, <laughs> that's that's that is why I say that in the introduction. The asterisk is a non-verbal communication of how we need to think beyond words. We need to think more abstractly. That's what opens up this vehicle, this vessel for more for higher thought. Let's go beyond collapsing the wave function into words and let's get more into feelings and impressions and sensing and this greater awareness that goes beyond the limitation of words into pure perception. If we can do that, then making contact will happen for each one of us. Thank you for that. And I was only giggling because my silly little uh, innocent little girl self saw that and the first thing I did was push and go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm gonna i'm right <laughs> that's exactly right you see i put that in there because that asterisk means something for different for everyone alan and, you put it there for me thank you i did i did <laughs> we have like less than a minute please uh, uh final comments and where people can get your book well, and anything you can, else you want to say you can get this book in bookstores ask for it in bookstores go to amazon making contact alan steinfeld you can find me on my youtube channel youtube.com slash new realities you can email me at new realities at earthlink.net but i think everyone will enjoy the book it's a it's a mind opener and it's perfect, I feel, for preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. Thank you, Loretta. You're so good. Thank you, Alan. I enjoyed this interview so much. And everybody, have fun and whoo, what a week is coming up. And thank you to all of the great planets and all the beings that are here to help us. Thank you so much. Alan, have fun. And by the way, contact in the desert, you guys. Oh, um, yeah. You can stream things online. Yes. That's uh, June 25th to the 28th. Go to contactinthedesert.com. I'll be presenting there about my theories of other ways of knowing and everyone. Thanks so All much. All right. Bye now. <laughs>